This is the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's Biker Chick and the Bowtie Guy. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Mess It Up Podcast. I am your constant host, the Bowtie Guy, Paul. Uh, and it's my pleasure to invite you into your own listening device, your own podcatcher, your own ears uh, for the next half hour or so, so we can talk about a few things. I've got my lovely wife, Bev, with me. Hello, everybody. Good to be back. And welcome to August. Uh, we oh, wow. are now uh, in the eighth month of the year, which means we are closing in on the final third of uh, of 2022. So uh, that's that's pretty awesome. That's pretty impressive. Um, and uh, one thing it isn't is a uh, vicissitude. Uh, yeah, that's our big word of the week is vicissitude. And a vicissitude is a change of circumstance or fortune, typically one that is unwelcome or unpleasant. Um, and, um, you know, being at the end of the year is not a vicissitude. I'm glad to see... Uh, each year as it comes and goes and uh, the time just keeps ticking away and you know one year may be better or worse and we have a tendency of I have a tendency of putting uh, labels on a year based on who knows what uh, but uh, it's just you know a year is a year is a year is a year so we probably don't need to worry about um, all those different things uh, life doesn't care about our calendar um, so just because January gets here doesn't mean everything's going to be shiny and new. Uh, but anyhow, welcome to August. Bev, you look like yeah, you're going to say something. I was just going to say, you know, I must have a really limited vocabulary or understanding of words because week after week when you share the, the big wow, mm-hmm. uh, there's many times I scratch my head and think, I don't even know if I've ever heard that word well, before. That's why I, it's a big wow. We're, we're, we're looking to bring new stuff to you. And, and it's not... Uh, you know, the, these are not words that I necessarily use all the time. A lot of them I, I use or know, but vicissitude was something that I heard on a show and they said vicissitudes. And I was like, ooh, that's yeah. a big wow. And I Pretty looked it fancy. up and I was like, yeah, I'll use that one. Uh, <laughs> so uh, thank you, television, for giving us our big wow this week. Um, if you've got a big wow, and I'm looking right now, uh, let me tell you right now, I'm going to give you a, a, a sneak into the future. Here's what I have down for next week's word of the week. Are you ready? Yeah, I don't have one. Oh. I need some words of the week, people. Send me in words of the week. You can send them to bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com or you can text them to me at 760-608-1942. And uh, I, I need some big words. Um, so please send me your big words. I also... Um, I'm almost out of songs of the week. Uh, I have one for this week. I've got a couple more on my phone that I haven't put into the queue here. But uh, this is the last one that I have listed uh, in the queue. So songs of the week we're looking for. And uh, the big wow we're also looking for. So uh, please send those in. Also, um, looking for some show topics um, and some ideas of what you'd like to hear us talk about or even better, what you'd like to come on the show and talk about. Ooh, Looking yeah. for some guest hosts to join me and talk about what's on your mind. So you can send those to the same place as bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com or 
760-608-1942 with all your show ideas. We really appreciate that. Uh, We are a show that is 100% listener supported. So that means we need your ideas. We also really appreciate those of you who financially support the show. If you're interested in doing that, you can check us out at the podcast website, which is messituppodcast.com. Click on the Become a Patron button and you can become one of our Patreon subscribers. Or you can do our text to give, which is a different phone number, same area code, 760, but then it's Walls CA because you're sending us into the walls of the prisons in California and your money is tax deductible, but it's also greatly appreciated to help pay for gas, pay for website for the show, pay for the bandwidth for the show and all that stuff. So thank you, thank you, thank you to all of our guests who participate in giving. Um, Bev, I, I just said that we have um, these uh, this, this text to give and it's Wall CA because we go into the walls of California. What'd you do tonight, baby? Oh, hey, it was our first time to go back into the prison in over two years. Yeah, last time we were yeah. there was Yippee. Uh, in mid-March of 2020, right before lockdown. We were one week shy of graduation for our Prison Fellowship Academy. And so tonight, we started our academy back up again. We are a three-day Prison Fellowship Academy, which means that we are in the prisons three days a week, bringing the word of Jesus to these guys, two hours a day. Um, Most of the Prison Fellowship Academies throughout the country are one or two-day. We are one of the rare three-day Prison Fellowship Academies. I was told today that we might be the only one in California that's a three-day um, and possibly the only one in operation in the country right now that's a three-day. I was also told that my uh, three-day academy that almost graduated was the first three-day academy uh, for prison fellowship. So uh, glad to be breaking some ground there uh, in that. So Bev, um, you helped with Prison Fellowship Academy and with Toomey, uh, working with Prison Fellowship with me before lockdown when we were doing stuff. And... Um, you were anxious to get back. You were a lot of our volunteers for prison fellowship have opted out of volunteering after um, COVID hit. They weren't looking to get back in, and so we lost a lot of volunteers in prison fellowship and just you know in general through you know with our celebrate recovery. We were also losing a lot of volunteers and and leaders and participants. What was it that made you want to come back? Well. <clears throat> that's a big question. Um, we only ask big questions. That's here on the true. Podcast. That's true. One thing, and, and this may seem unusual to some of you, was uh, is the fact that I didn't have any prior knowledge, really, uh, to what it looked like and sounded like in the prison. The very first time I went in uh, with you, Paul, and so. I had no expectation, but I'm ashamed to say it, but I had this mental image of a prison looking like some of the things I'd seen on TV. Right. Well, yeah, that's and, that's all you have and, to balance it on. Is, is... And, you know, the, the general um, look of the classroom that we're in, you know, was very, meh, um, you know, nothing special, gray, you know, great flooring. It's institutional. Yeah, yeah, very stark, um, and old tables and stuff like that. But outside of that, uh, 
I was just pleasantly surprised with the fact that there were guys there that were willing to learn. And so I say at the same time, this is becoming a run-on sentence. Anyway, I was there to learn too. And so um, when I started falling into love with the, the video lessons that were happening and the... Uh, the more in-depth look at Christianity and what it means and why we do it and some of the arguments behind all this stuff, I was fascinated. And so I just wanted to get drawn in more and more and more. I just wanted to learn. Um, so that was one of the first ones. Um, I don't know even if that makes sense, but I guess it was an area of my life that was pretty weak because I think the only time I really had Bible classes was in in college and they were just kind of skimming the surface. Mm -hmm. So to really get into that deep theology, I thought it was really fascinating. Um, so that was one of the things that drew me back. You know what? I'm going to wait a minute with another one. I'll let you talk about it and then I'll, I'll come back with another thought. Um, for me, it's the fellowship with the, the brothers there. Um, I, I have a couple of major goals in doing prison ministry and, it, it all stems from the fact that I was a, a recipient of people coming in to do ministry for people who are incarcerated. And I thought, you know, that's what I need to be doing. That was, I, I heard my calling when I was incarcerated and, you know, God telling me, you need to come back and do this because I was able to reach these people. And, you know, knowing where they've been, it's a different thing. And, um, you don't have to have been incarcerated to do prison ministry. Um, it can be a big bonus, but we also need people who haven't been there. Mm -hmm. we, we heard a, a testimony about that this weekend. Um, but it knowing the impact that a volunteer has when they come in for just an hour or two or whatever it is to just share and let me be a human being to stop being a number for a while, to stop being a guy in the, the same clothes as everyone else for a while, and to be a human and feel my emotions again and feel my my me, my human inside me is so critical. And I love being able to be that person and answer that call that God's put on my life to go in and do what I do in the prison and what I do in the prison is not special or whatever. It's the fact that I'm there. That's the thing that makes it great for them. I, I, I'm not saying things that are going to be quoted, you know, in speeches by presidential candidates or pastors across the land. I'm, I'm, I'm not that person, but I'm a person who can go in and love. Um, and and that's what drives me to do it and that's what made me so excited to get back in there tonight and and see those those faces they they I can't say smiling faces cuz we were all wearing masks <laughs> yeah. but to see those faces and know that they were feeling that was amazing to me one of the things that um kept me away for quite a little while even though you were coming home with so much joy and sharing stories was the fact that I didn't really think that I had anything to offer. 
I couldn't imagine what the line was between me and my life and the way I felt and my background and my story. And these guys that I had kind of drawn a picture of in my mind um, as being, you know, hard and hardened and not wanting to listen to a lady and, you know, all this kind of stuff. There you go, people. That's what we call Satan's big lie. Yeah, it's the absolutely. One he's telling you. absolutely. And that's what I found out. And so because of that, I was amazed the last time at how quickly um, the men included us in their kind of circle of friends or their little family there. And, you know, we have to watch when we're in there that you don't become overly familiar. But I, I'm pretty sure you felt it too, Paul, that we were kind of in their, their inner, inner circle, you know. Um, and I, I felt like they shared things that they just wouldn't share with anybody they didn't trust. The, you know? the main thing that I feel that they shared with us that they wouldn't share with just any schmo coming off the street or their uh, uh, you know, statistics teacher from Saracoso or anything like that. And the thing that I covet the most that they shared is their tears. Oh, Yeah. And when somebody oh, yeah. is willing to share their tears with you in prison, that's a huge statement of trust. It's a huge statement of openness. It is uh, just an amazing thing. And and we get to see that. We sure do. Several times. And, and that they're willing to do it in front of their other people. I mean, it is. It's a brotherhood. It's a family. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's a group. We We hang up affiliation and race at the door when we come in. And, and, and I mentioned that to him today. It's like, you know, we are here to be a family, to support one another, to trust one another. If we can't be open and honest and okay with everybody in this room, it's not going to work as well. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's the thing that, that I love that they share with us is is their emotion and, and willingness to be broken in front of us because prison is not a place to be broken. Broken people in prison are what we call victims. Yes, yes. Um, One of the third reasons I think that I wanted to go back was this time um, I'm absolutely sure of the call on my life. I wasn't sure before. I went because I was curious. I went because I wanted to support you. I went because I was hopeful that maybe the men could see what a good, strong Christian marriage looked like, even though that sounds pompous. I don't mean it that way, but that we had staying power and hopefully plant a little bit of, uh, of a seed saying, you can do this too. You can be there too. But just knowing that I was being obedient, um, that lit my fire. It was like, Lord, you know what? I haven't always walked in obedience, and I'm sure there's going to be times that I won't in the future. But for this one time, I'm hearing you loud and clear um, that you want me there. And the reason why I felt that way was for many reasons, but one of the facts was that um, I felt so at home there. It, yeah. I, I didn't see a prison when I walked in there. I just saw like a classroom where I was comfortable, um, men that were just like me, um, people 
that experienced and felt things just like me they were very human and so that really that made me want to go back and do that again yeah yeah being able to find the human behind the shirt is is the best um well i want to give us a little bit of a chance to uh, take a break here we're going to throw it to our song of the week this is a song that we heard when we were at the mercy me concert a few months back Mm -hmm. and the opening act was andrew rip and he played this song called roses which just really touched me So this is Roses by Andrew Ripp. We'll be back on the other side of 90 Seconds to talk about that and to talk more about Prison Fellowship and our academy class that we did. But right now, there's 90 Seconds of Andrew Ripp with Roses. He must have known about the mistakes And still he chose us Planted the tree where he would die Thorns down the vine And then he wore them Love is the blood red stain The beauty that the pain exposes Maybe that's why God made roses God is in a whisper if you listen closely Winter means the spring is just a breath away So don't go any faster than this very moment Sing a hallelujah in the pouring rain Can't you see that we must have known about the heart go andrew rip that is on his album evergreens from uh, uh 1919 from 2021 <laughs> um uh, check that out and hopefully you'll be blessed i feel very blessed um for having heard it bev uh when we were listening to the song you said oh i forgot about this song tell me tell me what it uh, makes you think about or what stood out to you i primarily listen to christian music um, 24-7, whenever I have my radio on. Um, but this uh, little stanza right here, this verse, uh, I really could hear God whispering in my ear that there's some lessons that I need to learn. And each line is a different lesson that I don't still feel like that I have a complete grasp of. So let me just read you the line, and I'll tell you what the lesson is for me. The first line is, God is in the whisper, if you listen closely. Um, I can live my life in a lot of chaos or noise or just in the hurry of life and forget to listen for God in that still, small voice. Um, The second line, winter means that spring is just a breath away. When things get tough for me, I want to quit. When I see something getting hard and I forget to realize that there is an end point to every struggle that I have in my life, that someday that will all be gone. It may not be today, 
um, which leads to um, the third line. And this is something that I really have a hard time with. So don't go any faster than this very moment. Mm. I want God to just rush through. I, I, I don't want to spend time uh, treading water or, uh, you know, like in the struggle out there for very long. I just want God to speed up time for me so I can get through this. And I've forgotten so many times, and even just as recently as a week ago, that God's timing is so much better than mine that I don't have to encourage him to speed up the struggle that I'm going through, but rather just wait on him to, to bring what he knows is going to be good in the long run. Um, the next one, sing a hallelujah in the pouring rain. That's super difficult for me. That when things get hard, I want to um, feel sorry for myself. I want to just kind of sit in the pain um, and whine and complain about it. But to really lift up my hands and really focus on the one who can fix the problem, the only one that can, or fix the heartbreak that I'm going through, um, I start focusing on the problem itself or the person that hurt me. So the last line is, can't you see that? And I would just ask myself, Bev, can't you just see that? In, in every situation, God has a lesson for me to learn. And maybe it's time to focus on the lesson I'm supposed to learn instead of focusing on the hard part. Mm. And um, so anyhow, that was really significant for me. Yeah. And uh, those were great. And I, I hadn't noticed, even though I read um, I, that, that line, I love that one that you brought out. Don't go any faster than this mm -hmm. very moment. That's what a great line. Mm -hmm. uh, the thing that stands out to me is is that chorus. You know, he must have known about the heartbreak long before us. He must have known about the mistakes, and still he chose us. He planted the tree where he would die, put thorns down the vine, and then he wore them. He he was intentional with what he did for us and for me. He did it on purpose, knowing that it would be rough, knowing that it would be difficult. He went ahead and did it. And that's very powerful to me. Um, very encouraging to me. And, and I just love the beautiful thought of God caring enough about me that he would he'd be willing to do those things. So. Yes. I, I, you know, were you done with that? Um, there's just one little phrase I want to mention. the And love is the blood red stain, the beauty that the pain exposes. My first fleeting thought when something is causing me pain is to just look deeper at the pain and expect for more pain to come. Yeah, or say nope. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to look at the beauty of it all. But the Bible promises that he'll take our ashes and turn them into beauty. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I just thought that was a cool. The lyrics are beautiful in this song. Yeah, yeah, quite. And I, I love the uh, the sound. And I remember him playing it and it just being so, you know, you're in the, the big arena and it just gets quiet because it's an acoustic song. So you can hear like like here in our room, you can hear the air conditioning yes. going and, and the sound of the fans and just his voice and the, the guitar. Just mm -hmm. quite quite beautiful. Yes. Uh, so, um, so 
uh, going back to our, our trip with uh, the academy today and getting back into the prison, we, we talked about why we wanted to go back. Um, do you have any goals for this year or anything? I, I see you've got a bunch of thoughts written down there. I don't know if we can pry into any of those thoughts. Are those something that you can share with us or are you just journaling? Oh, I was writing some answers to what I thought would be a different question, but... Well, um, no, by, by all means, um, before you tell us your answers, can you ask us our question? Um, I've thrown what, was the, what, was the, what was the best part about tonight's visit? Best part about tonight's visit, this is a, a bit of a cop-out answer. Being there was the best thing. Yeah. Um, it was... Doing something a second time or after the first time is different. First time we went in there was our first time and didn't really know what to expect out of an academy. I didn't know what to expect out of it. Uh, my field director didn't know because it was his first time as well. The uh, community resource manager, CRM, didn't know what to expect because mm. none of us had done this before. So it was an all-new experience. And I remember... Uh, CRM Dennis came in and she laid down some guidelines and, and, you know, said her spiel from the administration, you know, be here on time. If you're not here, you got excused absences, we'll take you out, blah, blah, blah. Those kind of, you know, things you hear from the principal. <laughs> and she didn't say that kind of stuff this time. This time no. she was uh, talking about how great the program was and how they were going to get a lot out of it. And, it was affirming to hear her say that. And then also the response that we got from the gentleman. Um, a, a couple of them had been in my CR Inside classes that I work with on the weekends. So I had a couple of familiar faces, uh, 20 gentlemen, and I think three of them had been in, in CR Inside with me. So I had a tiny bit of pr prior knowledge, but not a lot. And uh, the level of participation we got when I broke them into small groups and had them talk, and then when they came back and talked, was just outstanding. It showed a willingness, a desire, a hunger for becoming better men mm -hmm. and growing closer to Christ. Yeah, um, so can I answer that question for Absolutely. me? Absolutely, that's how know, it works. Yeah, I, um, I, I don't like to do this. It's like when you ask a kid, what's your favorite color? And they say purple and green. Mm -hmm. Oh, and mm -hmm. yellow too. Yes. And blue. I think yeah. of the scene from the jerk where all he needs is this lamp and <laughs> yep. this magazine and this That's chair. Right. That's right. Yeah. So, but I will, I will push these two comments together by saying, I noticed two things that were very contrasting, um, tonight in the, the visit to the prison and, Number the first contrast was that when we walked in, um, the men actually kind of looked a little scared, like um, timid, you know, like uh, I'm not really sure. And that might have been because they were a little confused about where they were going or whatever. But it was silent in yeah. there for a very long time. To sit for what forty five minutes in silence was a long time before yeah. we started. We we had um, just to kind of set the scene. We had um, people who started showing up sometime around six, and our class started at six thirty. And then a lot of them. 
didn't get the word that they needed to be there, so we didn't get started until 6.45. And a lot of those men did not know they were going to be in the class until an hour or two before this happened. They received what they call a ducat, which is a, a laminated card that you know says where they're supposed to be so they can show it to you know the uh the the co's to say this is where i'm supposed to be so you know yeah so anyhow go ahead Dan. okay so that was one side of the contrast uh, that it was silent that it felt like there was a level of discomfort there um and then by the end uh, they were they were having conversations they were hearing each other they were sharing it had so much had a feeling of upbeatness and, and actually fun. And I heard the men laughing, you know, laughing and smiling. And so I love that contrast from, you know, one to the other. The second contrast that I noticed was I I have heard and I still continue to hear words come out of the inmate's mouth that I, I'm going to say, almost never hear from people outside of the prison and this one gentleman said to me tonight, um, I know, he used the word, I know that I have to change everything about me, everything who I am, um, because I want to set a good example for my family. And I feel like for him to choose those exact words meant that he was authentic and, and he was willing to receive and accept someone else's advice um, and and. I just feel like there was a level of pride that he had put down to just say, I need help. Mm-hmm. And um, so many times I feel like people dance around that subject. And I have done it when I didn't want to become real about who I was or, you know, confess my, my faults. Um, it's like, eh, well, I'll say maybe I've done this a few times or maybe I need to learn a different way. But... I'll, I'll get to that a little bit later on. You know, this guy was adamant. I'm here to change, and I will do it. And we know through Celebrate Recovery that, you know, step one is admitting that there's a problem. Yes. And so that's, that is, that's huge to uh, to get that. Um, well, I, I, I you had a lot of notes written down. There's anything else that you wanted to add? Um, I, I just think there's a fascination with the fact that these men are so very, I thought they were going to be so very different. And turns out I, they are me, you know, mm-hmm. they are me. That, that could be me sitting there at the table. Um, and I'm, I'm never afraid. Yeah. I never have fear. It, I, I, that, I think that can only be the Holy Spirit because I know myself well. Mm-hmm. And I know that there are things that kind of freak me out. Um, but, but I, I just feel comfortable there. I love it. I just feel like God planted me there. Absolutely. I think that, you know, to be able to answer a call on my life is so rewarding and to, you know, pick up the right phone Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and be like, you know, Hey Paul, yeah, this is God. Okay. Uh, that, that feels good. And, and it's, um, it's it's why I really encourage people to answer the call that they hear on their life because God will reward you yes. answering that call. Yes. And um, 
So if you don't know what your call is, search for it and, and look and see, pray about it. Yeah. And if you do know, then do it, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and do it with, uh, with gusto. And, you know, just because we're talking about how it just thrills us to be there, I just want you folks to know it has absolutely nothing to do with who we are or by our power or by our will. Um, I mean, I just see orchestration on God's part through every step of this whole process, and I continue to ask him to help me be small so he can be big. Amen. You know? Amen. Well, thank you for joining us on our journey here, folks. Um, this is the Mess It Up podcast, and we do try to take messes and turn them into a message, and prison ministry is just a, a fertile ground for planting those seeds and reaping that harvest. Uh, if you've got uh, someone that you know that has had a mess happen in their life and is willing to share it so that we can find the message in it, we love to hear those stories. So send me a, an email at bowtieguyatmessituppodcast.com or drop me a text or a phone call at 760-608-1942. Uh, if you want to jump on for uh, financial giving, you uh, heard what it was. If you didn't, you know, do the old rewind at the beginning of the show and you can learn more about that. Something I'd really like for you to do this week, tell someone about the show. Have someone listen. Let's get um, let's get more folks involved on the listening end because that'll get more people involved and in all the ends and just make it a, a greater reach for this ministry. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being my devoted listeners and for uh, participating in all the ways that you do. Bev has... Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say, if you ever find a minute or two, uh, we would really covet your prayers as we do this um, for the inmates and for us, for traveling safety, and um, just that we will continue to stay open to God's will. Yeah, and please, pray for my weakness. Um, anytime I'm strong, I start thinking, look at what Paul's doing, and when I'm weak... I just sit back and watch what God can do. So pray for my weakness so that I can just lean on him and know that everything that happens is because of God. And that would be appreciated as well. So thank you all for everything you do. Uh, give someone a hug. Give someone a smile. Uh, don't uh, worry about the vicissitudes in life. Just worry about God planting more roses. And I guess we'll see you next time. We mess it up. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up.